So I've got two scriptures, John 15, 1 to 4, and Song of Songs 2.15. Oh, yeah, Song of Songs, am I right? Oh, okay. Ooh, that sounded creepy, actually. Sorry about that. It sounded really creepy. God knows my heart. Anyway, so John 15, 1 to 4 says, uh, and it's talking about Jesus being the true vine. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they can produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. And here's the key verse. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So remain in me. Song of Songs 2.15, and this is from the Passion Translation. It says, you must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I planted within you. Will you catch them? Remove them for me. And then I love this last part. We will do it together. So Jesus is the vine. He's a true vine. Our Father, Father God is our gardener. And so there are times in our life that need pruning. And pruning is a time where God shapes us. It's a, it can be a painful time, but it's for our benefit. It's for our good. And the second verse in Song of Songs is catching those little foxes that try and destroy what God has planted in our life. And it can also refer to our relationships. Those things that can hinder, that can cause a wedge to come in between a relationship that you have with a spouse with a friend, with a work colleague, whatever it is, our relationships are so important. But it's those little foxes in our lives that can hinder our walk with God. And so it's like, will you work with the Holy Spirit? Will you work with the Holy Spirit to move forward and get rid of those little foxes? So you see, foxes are very fast. So you've got to catch it in time. And there are things in our life because we go, oh, you know, um, we can have the uh, thinking that, oh, we're just, you know, ordinary people. I know, I was thinking of that song. We're just ordinary people, you know. But we are, we are. We're fragile. It says in Second Corinthians that we're fragile clay pots. But we carry the treasure of God. We carry the presence of the Holy Spirit. We carry gifts. We carry destiny and we wonder why why is all this stuff happening to me why do I have these things that are trying to distract me why do I have these these little things like little things like offense little things like you know we can go through hard times little things like arguments or little things like unforgiveness well you know some of you might think that's not a little thing well it isn't a little thing but it can but it can become a big thing if we don't address it straight away, so we've got to catch it. I shared before that a thief does not rob an empty vault. So you've got to realize that what is inside of you is valuable. I loved what Sabrina was sharing. She, she shared how she 
didn't really see the value inside of her. And if you're in this room and you don't see the valuable presence, the valuable destiny that you have in your life, I pray that God would open up your eyes, that your eyes would be open to the treasure that's within. See, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This is my favorite part. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. And so as we remain in him, realize that this great power doesn't come from how amazing you are, and you are amazing, but it comes from the greatness of God. It comes from him. He is our source. As you plug into him, life comes from him. It doesn't come from your relationships with humans, even though that's good, but when you plug into God, that is true life. God never disappoints us. He never fails. In Romans 13, 14, it says this, instead fully immerse yourselves into the Lord Jesus, the anointed one, and don't waste even a moment, even a moment's thought on your former identity to awaken its selfish desires. Don't even waste a thought on what you were like in the past. There's no point, you see, R-I-P, you, the old you. Don't try and resurrect the old you, your former identity. That person is dead. So when you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to a new life, a new life in Christ. And what a new life looks like in Christ, it's like, I have all this joy, I have this peace. And even though I'm going through a storm or when I'm going through work and, you know, there's different things, dramas happening, I'm walking with peace because I carry the presence of God. So I've got to recognize what are the little foxes in my life? So number one, we need to catch our wrong thoughts before they turn into actions. See, what I've realized is that a vain imagination, I don't know if you do this, but I start to tell this narrative in my life, in my thought life. So say if it's a normal day, in Auckland traffic, right? It's like, mm. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to be stuck in traffic for 10 hours. Oh, and then I have to do this, and then I have to do that. And the narrative of my life is just so negative. And half those things don't even happen. Because you start to tell yourself a story that's not going to happen, and you start to prophesy it. And so I need to capture those thoughts. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, so we catch those little foxes like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bows down, that it bow down in obedience to the anointed one. I need every negative thought to bow down to the obedience of Christ. I need to capture it. And see, the danger is if we don't capture those negative thoughts, we get on a train, we don't look at the destination, we get on it and we think, oh, wow, you know, where is this taking me? And then you're like, 
you're in Sadville. Sadville, you're in loser town, I don't know. You just go to places that you've never been before. Or, you know, like dream world, but the terrible dreams, right? Like nightmare world, okay, it's nightmare world. But we take our thoughts to places that we shouldn't, and it's like, I need to capture that right now. So when you have a thought in your head, like for me, I had to tell myself, Kathy, you're going to have a good day? So stop prophesying doom into your day. It's like when I wake up, I'm going to have an awesome day. And some people might say, oh, that's just blab it and grab it. That's just positive. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with being positive. There is nothing wrong with it. I shared with the 3.30 service that... um, Uh, I got saved at 14, I knew Sam at 14, he was 15, in this church, and you know, I I had my eye on him, and so, I know, right, so anyway, when I was 18 years old, I thought, oh, you know, I think he might like me, and anyway, cut a long story short, he asked me out on a date, and we started going out for four months, four months, I know, and then the line he used on me was, hey, Kathy, I don't see you in my future. That's a good line, actually, because it's clear. Like, he's not playing around with my feelings. He's saying, look, I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> so I, I got the message. But the words, I don't see you in my future, I could have taken that on board and went, <laughs> I won't see him again, I won't see it. You know, like, this is like all doom and gloom, and I just thought, okay. So I went hard after God, and I still am hard after God. And I thought, actually, you know what? He's going to have to come and chase me. And so I started coming to church, and everyone was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> Who needs him, you know? Like, but really, I was crying on the inside. Like, and I remember my friend, I didn't share this in the last service, but my friend said to me, hey, now that you've broken up, I know, who does that? There's a code. Is there a code? I don't know. Anyway, so she said, can I, can I like him? And I went, oh, okay, sure, fine. And I remember crying for nine months. Come on, guys. It's like, that's, that's suffering. Anyway, so for nine months. And so if I took on board those words that had power, I just said, God, actually, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I put my hope in you. And if he's not the one, he's not the one. And so fast forward 24 years later, we're happily married with three daughters. So praise God. God is good. Amen. Yeah. It can happen for you guys. Just saying. Bless all these people. If you're single in this room, I pray that you would have double, or not two husbands, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Double blessing. Oh, that sounded terrible. Anyway, delete from this message. Thank you. Okay. Number two, we need to catch our temporary feelings before they get caught up into permanent reality. You know, in that moment when he broke up with me, I could have been like, this is the worst day of my life. And because you're having a bad day doesn't mean you're going to have a bad life. And we can make permanent decisions over temporary feelings. And I'm... (laughs) I always say to my daughters, you know, look, this is a moment, this is a season, it's not going to be forever. And so don't make dumb decisions because you're not feeling it. We walk by faith, 
not by sight. And so when you're walking with God, it's like, God, I trust you. Even though I feel like rubbish right now, I believe, God, I believe that you have my back. I thank you that I have a good destiny. And you start to speak into your life and say, thank you, God. This is not permanent. This is a season. And so I just want to encourage you out there, if you are going through a low moment or you're feeling like, talk to someone, but also know that it is not permanent. Number three, catching time before it gets wasted. We need to catch time before it gets wasted. What are the time stealers in your life? What are the things that are robbing you of your peace, robbing you of your joy? I don't know if you're a person who uh, says yes to everything. Someone asks you and you're like, yes, yes. And then you start to whinge to your friends. Oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Well, do you know what? You, you have a choice. So if you complain to someone, oh, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Well, did you agree to it? Wow. Learn to say no. Have boundaries. There are some things that could be uh, time stealers. And I was talking to, uh, I was talking to a, a cousin of mine. We just caught up, and I'd never met her before because I'm related to everyone anyway. So we caught up for a coffee. And because uh, I was thinking, oh, yeah, social media is a time waster because you just, you know, you just scroll and scroll away. But here's an illustration. This is a real-life story where something so small can turn into something so big and out of hand. It's like she went on this train. She didn't check out the destination. She went on it, and she became an addict. And so she shared the story with me, and it was so powerful. I just thought, wow. She played one game, and she got addicted to gaming. She uh, was a player moderator, and she did it for years. She was a mother and a wife, and she said, I just got caught up in this gaming community. And I'd never heard of these games like Warcraft and Call of Duty. I know last service I called it Call of God. I don't know. But, you know, some of these games, I'm like, oh, this sounds really boring. Anyway, so she's telling me these games like I know, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's really amazing. And she said to me, she said, months would go past, and I was sitting on my couch, eating pizza, talking to the other gamers, burning dinner. She had three, she's got three boys, and she missed their childhood. From gaming, She said, before you know it, they're teenagers. And she had stayed on her couch for years, just in the gaming world, just addicted to gaming. And she said, it cost me my marriage, it cost me my children, but God caught me just before it just turned to custard. And she said to me, you know, she gained 60 kilos from sitting on the couch gaming. She would forget to pick up her children because she was gaming. And I just thought, how did you get so caught up? And she said, you know, you kind of go, it's just one game. And she said, it's, it's like Netflix. She said, you know, it's like one episode, then the next episode, and then next minute, you know what, it's like five days later. But for her life, it was years later. And I thought, wow, how one little thing can get out of hand. 
And I just, she said to me, I just wasted so much time. So what are the things that are stealing your time right now? Maybe like, Kathy, don't touch the Netflix, you know. That's my chill out time. Or don't touch social media, Kathy. That's my, that's my me time. And it's like me time eight hours later, you know. Or me time like, because I've got to, you know, you've got to ask the question. How much of my affection, how much of my time and my money is spent on one area? And I'm not preaching to you because I'm like, oh, you need to do this. You know, God had to highlight different things in my life. Kathy, are you spending too much time on social media? Kathy, are you spending too much time, you know, just, uh, just wasting your thoughts on an area or getting too stressed out about something? You need to rein it in, catch the time, because I believe God can redeem the time that was stolen or taken away. And we need to catch it before it gets out of hand. We need to catch it before it gets out of hand. I shared the, sto- uh, the story about this uh, frog. And I'm, I made the frog noise, so I've asked uh, Simeon to like, have a real frog noise. Not yet, though, anyway. So uh, it, it was bugging me for two nights, and Sam, my husband, could sleep through it. And honestly, it sounded like a lawnmower at the back of, my, you know, at the back of our house, and it was like, uh, uh, I don't know if it's, anyway. Someone said, you sounded like a cow when you did that noise. Anyway, but it sounded like that, and it was like 10 times louder because at the back of our house, there's more of an echo. And this frog, because it's spring season, frogs are some like mating season. So it was calling out to, I don't know, its partner. And it got louder and louder. And I said to Ruby, what the heck is that noise? And Sam recognized it. He said, that's a frog. I went, we don't have frogs in Auckland. Anyway, so um, I'm such a city person. Anyway. So I uh, looked, looked outside, couldn't see anything, but I could hear it. And so I looked up, I googled how to kill frogs. And uh, yeah, I know, well, you know, when you haven't slept for two nights, you just, you're vulnerable. I was vulnerable and I was feeling a little bit like, you're gonna die, frog, because I love my sleep. So I googled it and it said frogs are like salt, salt and, uh, Salt and chlorine. So I was like, getting chlorine, getting spray and wipe, got the salt. And it was one o'clock in the morning, and Sam thought I was insane. He said, just, just ignore it. I said, I can't. It's just like driving me nuts. So I went outside. It was dark. I didn't have a torch. And I just threw it in the air to the sound of the frog. And I started like chucking salt. I got detergent. I was like putting chlorine, and I thought, it's going to die. So one o'clock in the morning, and I thought, okay. And it stopped for half an hour. Then half an hour later, I was like, can you hear the frog noise, please? No, louder. Can it be louder? Yeah, see? Oh, just ignore that noise, Kathy. Yeah, I'm like, it's robbing my peace. Yeah, it was like that. And Sam goes, oh, it's a frog. Oh, my. Anyway, so 
four, I had four hours, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. I was like, I ran out of table salt. I got all the salt. I used all the detergent and it still lived because apparently you can't drown a frog. Um, they can hold their breath for hours. And I was like, eh, and this, yeah, the salt didn't kill it. But it was like six o'clock in the morning, I went outside and I thought, this frog must be massive. Can you play it again? The loudness. Turn it up. <laughs> it was that loud because Sam could hear it. Sounds like a motorbike, okay? Oh, no, it doesn't. Okay, anyway, okay. So I look outside, and the frog is that small. That small. And I, you know, I did everything to get rid of it. Everything. And Sophia, my 11-year-old daughter, got her friend, because her friend loves frogs. She's got a frog tank. And she came over and just grabbed the frog and took it home, and it's still alive. So the frog lived, yeah. It's like what doesn't kill you makes, makes you stronger anyway. So the frog lived, so the salt didn't kill it, so um, I'm not a murderer anyway, just in case you're gonna call the SPCA. But, uh, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me through the situation. It was the Holy Spirit, it wasn't being sleep deprived, but it was the Holy Spirit saying, Kathy, I wish you were this passionate about the issues in your life, about the things I want to want you to remove. I want you to catch those thoughts. I want you to remove, uh, you know, negative feelings. I want you to catch time that's been wasted. Why are you so passionate about one little frog, but you can't do this about your whole life? And I felt so convicted because I thought, yeah. Because sometimes, you know, I don't know if you like confrontation, I like to put it off. You know when you have to talk to someone about something? I'm like, oh, I'll be all right. I'll just wait the next day. Oh, I'll wait next month. Oh, I'll just wait next year. And, you know, and before you know it, it's like, oh, man, it's going to get harder and harder. But the Lord wants us to confront those things in our life before it gets out of hand. And it's like those little foxes that can destroy your relationships, that can destroy your marriage, that could destroy your, uh, you know, your family relationships, whatever it is, we need to catch them in time before it gets out of hand. Like when my cousin shared that, that, her testimony, I just thought, well, one little thing, it's just one little thing. But do you know what? It can be one decision today where you can say, God, I put my foot down and I say, no. I say, devil, no more. You're not going to take, you're not going to rob my destiny. You're not going to rob me of my peace or my joy. And the thing is, we do go through storms. We do go through um, hard times. We do go through difficult situations. But we have the Holy Spirit. And so as we catch those things, as we remove them, we need to fill our life. Not with Netflix. Not with, you know, like, I'm just going to chill out. But be purposeful. I'm going to fill my life. It says in Proverbs 4.21, fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep in your spirit. Fill your life with God's word. Fill your life with God's 
God's Holy Spirit. It's like, okay, so I've removed all that stuff. Maybe some of you have been through Encounter Weekend where you've dealt with stuff in your life, but it's really important that you need to fill your life with God's Word. You need to fill your life and be intentional. Just like when you have to go catch something, you've got to do it yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. But maybe it's got out of hand and you, you, you're asking for help. That's cool too. But it's like before it gets out of hand, you've got to, okay. It's like, okay, I need to discipline that thought. I need to take, I need to rein it in. Proverbs 12, 20 says, Joy fills the hearts of those planning peace. So are you planning peace? As you plan peace in your life, what does that look like? Planning peace in your life is saying no to things instead of complaining about saying yes to stuff and then later on you're like, oh, I feel so stressed out. And I'm not saying it's bad to enlarge your capacity with things, but there are some things where you don't have to say yes to. Take responsibility for your life. And the things you have said yes to, do it well. You know, I've said yes to God, but I've also said, yes, I am a wife. And I'm going to be a good wife, and I'm not going to give my husband leftovers. So even though I've worked hard during the day, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, you know, and with my kids, oh, whatever, and you don't feel like talking? I want to challenge you, if you're like that and you come home and you're tired, we need to go the extra mile and say, okay, I'm here for you, I'm going to talk. You need to give your best to people, but also have boundaries along the way. If you're complaining about stuff, take responsibility. Oh, that's right, I said yes to this. Oh, that's right, this is part of who I am, this is my life. Plan peace. Make sure you plan ahead. And if you're in here and you're like, oh, I'm just like, I just go with the flow. Cool. But is that going with the flow working for you? Plan peace. I've had to learn that. And my husband's a really good planner. Maybe if you're not a good planner, be rub shoulders with someone who's good at planning. So plan peace. Romans 5, and I want to finish with this if the musicians can come up. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The Holy Spirit wants to fill your hearts with love. See, hope doesn't disappoint. And when we remain in him, if we... Keep Jesus as our life source. Because someone said to me, hey, Kathy, how have you kept your heart sweet? You know, you've walked with God for a long time, a really long time. How have you kept your heart sweet? I think if I severed my life from Jesus, I wouldn't be sweet. Because I realize that I serve a generous and loving saviour. I serve 
the one who forgave when I didn't deserve forgiveness. I serve someone who gave his whole life. And when I think about that, when I think times in my life when I've tried to go my own way, I'm like, okay, that's right. I'm stupid when I'm without you, God. I make dumb decisions when I'm not remaining in you, when I'm not abiding in you, when you're not my life source, I'm an idiot. But when you are my life source, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So as I finish tonight, my challenge to you is, are you connected to the vine? Are you connected to the life source, Jesus? Because we can get easily distracted in our relationships with little foxes, unforgiveness, offense, social media. We can get distracted by doing nothing too. (laughs) That could be a little fox. Maybe you're stubborn in here. I know what it's like to be stubborn. I'm like, I'm not moving. I'm not doing anything. No way, you can't tell me what to do. And the Lord's like, how's that working for you, Kathy? And I'm like, that's right. You're my life source, God. You're my life source. What do I know? You know better than me. Your ways are higher than my ways, and your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. If we could all stand. God wants to do business with you, as he does with me. And when I talked about flicking the switch, turning the light on, I pray that he would turn the light on in your life and you would start to see the little foxes that are trying to to destroy your destiny. And I'm saying that strongly because it's really important. Other people are looking at your life and maybe you might think, oh no, you know, it's just my life. Do you know what? You got people looking at you going, wow. Man, how are they so confident? How are they so strong? Maybe you don't feel like that, but others are looking at you going, man, there's something about that person that inspires me. Stay alert. Catch those little foxes and do business with God. Amen? Amen.